Are recessions good for your health? You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. An upside to the current economic crisis is that research indicates that physical health improves when the economy temporarily weakens. These counterintuitive findings will be the focus of today's show. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, your host, and my guest today is Christopher Room, a Jefferson Pilot Excellence Professor of Economics at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mr. Room, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to be here. I know you've done some research in this area, and I'm wondering why you were even motivated to do this. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I started out a number of years ago doing work on labor displacement, on displaced workers, and I read some of the previous work arguing that when times were bad, people's health got worse. And I assumed that was true, but when I looked at the research, I saw some potential problems with it. So I thought I'd fix the problems, expecting to verify the result. And lo and behold, what I found was the opposite result, that health got better in bad times. So why is that? I mean, it seems quite counterintuitive. Right. You know, there's a variety of reasons, some of which are actually obvious when I say them and others are not. So so one that's obvious, if we look at something like uh, traffic fatalities, people don't drive as much during recessions, so we have fewer vehicle deaths. That seems pretty obvious after I say it. But there are a number of other factors. Turns out people drink less, so we have less drunk driving. They smoke less. They're less obese. So if we look at things like deaths from heart attacks, those also fall. So in downturns, I always thought that it was a good time to invest in vices. And you're saying that's not really true, that people don't turn to the vices as much. Is that because they don't have the money? Yeah, that's probably at least part of what's going on, right? So people have less money and some of the things that go along with it, like we don't go out to eat as much. Well, maybe when we go out to eat, that's when we, we drink or we smoke. So we might see some of that. Turns out people also are going to have more time on their hands, and they can use those for some healthful activities. So how did you do your research? Were you just looking at death statistics, or what kind of stats did you go over? I've done a number of different studies on this. Some are related to mortality rates. That was the first work I did, and then actually some later work also looking at specific causes of death like heart attacks. But then I also looked at measures of health problems or morbidity of various kinds, and then health behaviors like drinking and smoking and exercise and that sort of thing. Are there any things that get worse during economic downtimes? Yes. You know, I draw a distinction between physical and mental health. So I tell people we're healthier, but we're not happier. If you look at suicides, suicides actually increase. And then mental health measures are harder to find in a large survey. But to the extent we have them, mental health seems to also get worse. And what happens during an economic expansion? Does the converse play true? Does our health get worse? Yes, our health gets worse. And one limitation in this work right now is that the effects are actually assumed to be symmetrical. That is, what happens in a good time is just the opposite of what happens in a bad time. And, you know, one area that would be nice to take this work in the future would be to allow for asymmetrical effects. The effects might not be just in the opposite direction, but that research hasn't been done yet. Have you had a chance or has anyone looked at other countries that have gone through expansions and downturns and does the same play true, let's say, for China? Let's see. I'm trying to think of if I've seen work for China. I'm not sure about China. We do see quite a lot of research that's developed over the last three years, a few years following these same methods, looking mainly at industrialized countries, and we do seem to see similar effects. So if we look, say, in Europe, uh, one recent study in Mexico showing that when times are bad, 
deaths decline, and to the extent we can measure it, people seem to get healthier. We know a lot less about what goes on in less highly industrialized countries, and the effects could well be different. Should I tell my patients when they lose their job that that's a good thing, that they should be glad their health's going to improve? Uh, No, I would say definitely not. What I would say is take the opportunity, you know, if you have some extra time on your hands, use it productively. So, you know, cook better meals, get better exercise. But on the other side, I'd say tell your patients that, you know, have that great opportunity and they're working really hard. Well, this is great, but watch out. You need to take some proactive steps to make sure these negative things don't happen. You mentioned you've got more time to cook healthy, but you don't have the money to cook healthy because it definitely costs more money to eat better. It's much cheaper to eat crappier foods. You know, that's partly true. I mean, so some things like, you know, produce is quite expensive. A lot of healthy food is not particularly expensive. You know, legumes, they're not particularly expensive. The other thing I'd point out is almost anything you eat at home, well, I should say for the typical individual, what they eat at home tends to be healthier than what they eat out. And certainly eating out is, you know, one of the most expensive things of all. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host, and I'm talking with Christopher Room, a Jefferson Pilot Excellence Professor of Economics at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we're talking about the health benefits of an economic downturn on one's physical health. So... To continue, what would it mean to our health when we see our savings and retirement accounts plummeting to 50% of their value six months ago? Is that something that is good for our physical health, but not necessarily our mental health? Well, the answer is it might be, but it might not. One concern I have in talking about this research is that it was conducted over a time period where we'd see sort of a garden variety change in economic conditions. So, you know, we had blips up or down in the economy. My concern is, you know, what we're seeing right now might be more than that. And so, you know, how well does the past generalize to the present? It's not so clear. Can you take us into some of the details of your study looking at the relationships between unemployment rate and mortality? How does it work? Do you mean specific figures? Specific figures. Let's say if there's a 1% increase in unemployment, what happens to death? If we were to look, say, at something like motor vehicle fatalities, they might fall 2 or 3% for a 1 percentage point increase in unemployment. Uh, heart attacks and other sources of cardiovascular disease, we might be talking about a half a percent. But if you look at something like cancer, there seems to be little or no effect. So it's not a uniform effect across kinds of health. And I would argue that where we're seeing the effects are exactly the places we'd expect to see it if we're looking at health conditions or sources of mortality that are closely related to, say, environmental risk factors or to personal changes in behavior. Have you noticed any effects on infant mortality? Yes. In fact, my work and then some other work is also finding that infant mortality falls also when times are bad. Now, it turns out, you know, one of the issues there is separating who's deciding to have kids. That may vary some with macroeconomic conditions. But even when you adjust for that, there does seem to be the same pattern. Did you look at all at what happens in the doctor's office? I would think that when there's a recession or a downturn, 
People are not doing routine medical care. They're avoiding screening tests. Did you look at any of that? Yeah, and you're exactly right. I mean, both those happen. So if we look at routine medical care or dental care, screening tests, all of those kinds of things, they're declining when times are bad. And, and you know, that makes sense because we have less money. We might have less health insurance. What it suggests is that either, at least in the short run, you know, those effects are more than balanced out by, say, the healthier lifestyles, or it could just be those things take a longer period of time to have an effect. Interestingly, if we look at factors such as treatments for heart attacks, we actually don't find the same pattern. And I'm not exactly sure why, but when times are bad, there's actually likely to be more treatment, say, for your heart attacks. Now, what might be going on is there you're talking about something that's really non-discretionary. You know, you have a heart attack, you go to the emergency department, and they treat you, and money doesn't really come into it. So perhaps that's what's going on there. Did you look at all at illicit drug usage in downturns, alcohol-related deaths, marijuana, accidents, heroin, overdosage, anything like that? I've looked at alcohol, but I haven't looked at any illegal drugs. So just the legal ones? Just the legal ones, that's right. I mean, you know, it would be interesting to try to examine that. My guess is that the pattern would go in the same direction because, you know, these are often quite expensive, but I don't know. And tell me a little bit more about the relationship, if you can, between pollution, traffic congestion, and health risks. Are you saying that when there's not that many people on the road because no one's working, there's less pollution, less sickness? Yes, I am saying that. Now, what I should say, though, about that is that's a result that's very consistent with the findings. So, for example, there's research indicating that even short-term exposure to pollution can increase your risk of death from heart attacks. In my work, I haven't gotten air pollution data explicitly into the models to see if that's the mechanism. And actually, that's something that I think would be very interesting to do in the future. It's hard to do. What I'm saying here is that's a logical expectation. You know, we know how air pollution affects health. We know how the economy affects air pollution. But the two haven't been included simultaneously in the models. You've also said that not only does a recession make people smoke less, lose weight, do more physical activity... It's actually the least healthily behaving people who make the biggest health behavior changes. That's right. Anything that was obvious going into this, but if you look, so the change tends to be, for example, people going from complete physical inactivity from sedentary lifestyles to having some level of physical activity. You know, the vigorous exercisers, well, they seem to keep going pretty much no matter what. Similarly for drinking, it's actually the heavy drinkers that cut back. That would tie into literature we know on health. You know, light drinking may have at least some health benefits. We're not seeing much change in that. What we're seeing is a cutting back in the heavy drinking. It all seems extremely counterintuitive because I would think if someone's not working, they'd want to spend more time outside of the house away from their wives at the bar and not more time at home. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're getting out and spending it exercising. Yeah. Um, So this research you've done, I imagine it's been done or you've looked at other periods. What periods did you actually look at over the last century or two? In my work, I'm looking at the period pretty much beginning in the 1970s. So in the original study, it was 1970s through 1990s. And then, you know, there's been different aspects of this that have had slightly different time periods. I know you gave an interview on NPR in April, and at that time, gas was 360 a gallon. And that seems to have perhaps 
kept people off of the road, which would mean less traffic, less stress, less pollution, less death. And now we kind of have gas prices coming down. So are people taking to the road even though they don't have as much money because gas is less? Did that factor into any of your research? I have not directly looked at that in any of my analyses. I mean, that would be interesting because you're quite right. I mean, there is some data out there suggesting higher gas prices lead to better outcomes, including one of my colleagues has some work showing it leads to lower obesity rates. So, yeah, the fact that gas prices are falling, you might expect people to drive more. What's interesting here is one thing that seems to be driving down the price of gas is the decline in the demand for it. The fact that people are driving less and using less gas is a factor in driving prices down. So it's a little hard to know how it will all play out. So my take-home message is that a fiscal squeeze actually might be good for squeezing your waistline. That's right. Well, Chris Room, professor of economics at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm Dr. Larry Casco, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening. This is Dr. Donald Robinson with Worldwide Drug Development in Burlington, Vermont, and you're listening to ReachMD.com on XM160, the channel for medical professionals.